Welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist, a podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Stephen and for today's episode, let's meet Megan. Hello Megan, welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist podcast. Hi Steve, um, thank you for having me on Canterbury podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying yes. It is a joy that uh, that we do get to have this conversation. Now, I'm going to start uh, our conversation the way I start every other conversation, which is simply with a question: Where were you born? Um, I was born in Pretoria, in South Africa. So, paint a picture for that for uh, for us, for those of us like myself who've never been to Pretoria in South Africa. Um, what is your strongest memory of being in Pretoria as a child, as a young as a young child? Um, I don't know. Well, you guys wouldn't know, but Pretoria is known as um, the Jacaranda City in South Africa. And every October, which is the month of my birthday, the streets are full, full, full of jacarandas in bloom. They are absolutely everywhere. Um, And it's so beautiful. And it's so quintessentially Pretoria. And I think that's that's probably one of the things I remember the most, that I had my birthday in this beautiful spring month when the whole city was just purple wherever you looked. Um, what what did your parents do? Um, so my dad, my real dad, was a lawyer or an advocate and um, my mom sort of worked in more administrative type like um, PA jobs when I was growing up. What um, what was home life like for you as a child? Um, I don't remember much of it before the age of about um, seven or eight. My folks got divorced when I was um, pretty young. I think I was six when my parents got divorced um, and – what I really remember from growing up was having to, in those days, dads got custody of the kids every second weekend. Um, and really my overarching memory was just of like I had a lot of guilt as a child that my dad didn't get to see us a lot and, you know, that we got to be together all the time and he was all um, by himself, which is actually a bit sad if I think back on it. But um yeah, we were trying to juggle. My mom got remarried, so I had step- stepsisters, and they came every other weekend. So every other weekend when we weren't with my dad, there were four of us, and then eventually a fifth joined, um, my younger brother. So, yeah, what I really remember is just bouncing between two households um, on the weekend. But I, I guess – one of my fond memories of childhood back in those days was my best friend lived next door to me, which was amazing, and she had two sisters, and we would ride bikes up and down the streets until it was seven and it got dark, and then we'd go home, and, yeah, I think it was just a different different time, different type of childhood to what our kids have now. Did you um, look forward to your stepsisters coming? Was, was there sort of a, a good sisterly relationship that developed or was that actually a bit of a challenging time for you uh, every time uh, they came? No, I, I did look forward to them coming. I mean, we got along really well and we were all similar ages. Um, and, yeah, it's all a bit of a blur. I guess 
the one thing that we didn't always look forward to was once a year we would go and visit my grandfather who lived in the Western Cape and it was a 14-hour drive and there would be four children in the back with my brother in his sleeping in the footwell of my mom's (laughs) 14 hours no iPads no no nothing um so yeah but no we got along really well and yeah we enjoyed our time our time with them when they came what um what what primary school did you attend what was was it was it a local government school yes so my primary school was called um linwood ridge and it was just up the road and my friends who lived next door and i used to walk to school and home from school and, and was school a good place for you? Did, 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 were you a bit of a natural student or was it a, a, a happy place for you to be? Oh, I loved school. Yeah. I loved school. And my mother would te- tear her hair out because I would do all the things at school. And every single afternoon was full of every activity that I could do. <laughs> and then when I ran out of afternoons, I joined the morning. There was this thing called Action Group, which you did on a Friday morning before school, which was cleaning the school hall. And I just wanted to do it all. Um, so I really enjoyed school. That's a real statement of your enthusiasm that the that the uh, the group whose job it was to clean the school early in the morning. You're so excited ab- uh, about school that even going to that group was exciting for you. <laughs> action group. I mean, my mother was like, really? And then I had one afternoon free, which was a Friday afternoon. And then I joined the band and I learned how to play the bass xylophone because that's what I wanted to do on a Friday afternoon because that was the afternoon. So, um, no, I really enjoyed school. I liked school very much. So if you had to describe for us what what you were like in those primary school years, if, if, you could, if you could almost take yourself back and now observe yourself and give us a character sketch of your personality and of your passions and of sort of, you know, um, who is it that we would have met if we had a chance to meet this primary school-aged Megan? Are you, are you able to, to describe yourself for us in those terms? Sure. So I was um, extremely chatty and talkative. I'm sure this will not come as a huge shock to you. But um, my reports were always like, oh, Megan is this and this and this. But she is so talkative in class. Um, And I just think I was outgoing and I was extroverted and I enjoyed playing sport. I was a good swimmer. I loved reading, so I only started reading when I was six, and from from when I could read those first words, I was just absolutely addicted. Um, my dad used to get so annoyed with me because on a Friday night, we'd get videos out and watch videos as a family, and I would always come to the TV room with a book under my arm, just in case like I wasn't loving what we were watching, and then I would read. But um, yeah, I think I was... I think I was exactly the same as what I am now, just younger, I guess, and a little bit smaller, not much smaller. But, um, yeah, I was enthusiastic and wanted to try everything and experience a lot of different things. And um, I think just in terms of my childhood, I was, yeah, I was, I think I conformed nicely. I studied hard. I did well at school participated, so um, didn't give my parents a lot of headaches, I don't think. Was church a part of your growing up years? Um, Yes. So although my parents didn't attend church, we did get dropped off 
every Sunday at the Glen Methodist uh, Sunday School. So I attended Sunday school for most of my childhood with my brother. Um, but as I say, my parents were not in the church, but they wanted us to to go to church. Um, so, yep, I went to Sunday school. And what was your experience of that? Was it was it a social experience for you? What was it that 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 you felt you you enjoyed about that experience, or did you um, enjoy it? Well, yes, I was going to say I'm not sure that I enjoyed it. Sunday school just felt like. It was just something that you had to do because it was a Sunday morning and that's what we did. Um, I don't have a lot of memories actually of Sunday school. I don't recall that I specifically enjoyed it much, but um, it was just something that we did and we didn't argue and that was it, you know. So I don't actually have a lot of memory of that. Do you know roughly how old how old you were when you uh, stopped going to Sunday school and, and sort of uh, didn't participate in church activities? Um, I think probably around the age of 13 because in the Methodist church, I think we got confirmed. So you had to do like a confirmation course thing and then we got confirmed. And then I think once we were in high school, we didn't go to church much. The, the contrast here is interesting to me. So here I am. I don't think I've ever met a person who describes themselves as being as enthusiastic for school as as as, uh, as your description of yourself. You know, getting up early and staying late and and uh, playing bass xylophone just because just so you could you know be be more involved in school activities. And yet Sunday school, uh, this 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 church, if you will, a religious school on Sunday was was a place you found. Um, quite, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I guess a bit boring and a bit tedious and, and, and not not energising. Can you yes. can you reflect for a minute on the contrast between that? Why is it that school was so such a place of identity and connection for you, and yet Sunday school at the same age was a chore and uh, and and a bit of a burden? I don't know. I feel like maybe um, Sunday school was quite dry and. It may have been different for me if my parents were involved in the church, but I always felt like it was a bit of a chink that I had to, like, get up and get dressed and brush my teeth and go to Sunday school, and then my parents just dropped us and went back home and got into bed or had their coffee or whatever. Um, and I just don't think it was that engaging. I just didn't there, – there weren't a lot of kids, and I don't think we did anything that was super – um, exciting, and I just always felt like I had something better to do on the weekend. Like I would rather be at home reading or doing something else. Um, you know, I, I think it was just a bit dry, and just the format of it didn't grab me or appeal to me much. As you entered your high school years, were you beginning to form a sense of a career or a sense of a direction in life that you began to believe, or at least hope that that your life might might take you in? Um, no, not, not in terms of a career, but I do, um, when we were with my real dad, he used to listen to music a lot. And there was a song that I listened to as a child. And I think it's from the soundtrack of Thelma and Louise. Um, and the lyrics, one of the lyrics in it was, uh, you know, something about this woman who realizes at the age of 47 that she's never going to drive through 
um, Paris in a sports car with the wind in her hair. Like she's a housewife and the whole song is about how she can rearrange the flowers for hours on end or clean the house. And something about that like just grabbed me in my guts. I just thought I I just don't want to live a small life. Like I just don't want to live a small life and wake up when I'm 45 or 50 and and feel like what have I done with my life? Um, so definitely not career-wise, but I think I always knew that I was going to have a life of I wanted to have adventure and I wanted to travel and I wanted to experience things. Um, so, yeah, that formed really pretty on in primary school. As I say, I listened to that song and I just felt horrified and I just thought I don't want that to be me. So, yeah. So as you as you as you uh, you, you finished high school, um, did you attend university? Yes, and, I uh, did. And what course did you do? Um. So actually, I left high school and then I went and lived in the UK for a year with some friends of mine, and we did a gap year, um, which was a bit rough and full of its own adventures, and ended up sleeping on the street more than once. My mother was horrified to know. Well, let's actually let's let's pause there just for a minute. So, so here you are, gap year in in the United Kingdom. Is this is this is this the beginning of you testing or or, or spreading your wings and uh, and experiencing this travel and adventure? Yes. So I worked um, really hard. I did a lot of double shifts the first few months of the year and I saved up enough for an air ticket. And then I went with um, two girlfriends and two guy friends and we all flew off to the UK. Um, And my mom had given me a credit card to use sort of in case of emergency. And I absolutely vowed that I would not touch it, hence why we ended up sleeping on the street more than once. Um, but, yeah, it was a great experience. I, everyone lost their heads off because one of the jobs I got was as a security guard working for a company called Shield Guarding, which was my um, – yeah, I was a security guard and <laughs> not, not fearing to <laughs> Thing. But um, yes, my friends and I, we wanted to go and watch Wimbledon and the only way to get centre court tickets was to sleep, you know, in the street on the sidewalk so that when they handed the tickets out the next morning, you were far enough in the front of the line to get centre court tickets, which we then did get. Um, and we watched, I think we watched Tim Henman and Martina Hingis. It was the year she won Wimbledon. And then... Um, my mother was not watching, but a friend of my mother's was watching the tennis and we were sitting under the scoreboard. And then she called my mom and she said, you should turn the TV on because <laughs> Megan's on the tennis. And of course, Megan was at the tennis, but reading a book. So <laughs> my mother was like, oh, you know, that's her child. I was at Wimbledon, sent to court, but not watching tennis, reading a book. So, um, yeah, but it was, a, it was a great year and it was, I think it just taught us a lot about stand. We ran out of electricity, we ran out of food, but, um, yeah, it was a, it was a good way to learn a bit of resilience and fly the coop a little bit. So that was definitely the start of my, I think, life of adventure and wanting to um, experience things and not being afraid of things if they didn't necessarily work out. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't long. 
was eight or nine months because uh, I had to come back and study. That was the deal I'd made with my parents. So, Just before we bring you back to South Africa and, and start you in your university studies, I, I, I have to ask now, what genre of books is it that so grabs your attention that even at, the, at, at Centre Court on Wimbledon you can't, uh, you can't put them down? Uh, I can't remember what it was then. It's definitely changed over the years. So I think um, I really enjoy nonfiction books. So I love memoirs and biographies and historical fiction. I don't read tons of fiction unless it's like really good. Then it has to be like shortlisted for the Booker Prize. And my pal Gillian in the church is a great source of books for me. She's forever lending me books. Um, so yes, I can't remember what I was reading then, but I was voracious. I would just read whatever I could get hold of, um, like thousands of books. So I read about 60 books a year at the moment, I think. I know because I write them down and then I mark which ones I loved, um, you know, that stood out for me. So, yeah. And and as you said, so now if if we just 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 quickly come into the present day, so your reading habit would largely uh, would largely be biographical or autobiographical. Would be the bulk of the kinds of books that you're attracted to. Yes, I mean I do like historical fiction books where there's a bit of like history and uh, you know worked in. So often the stories are. Um, fictional but I mean there's a lot of fact in it and you just learn about different times and what things were like for people at different times but um yeah I love I love memoirs I think um that probably started about maybe seven or eight years ago after I went through a bit of a tough time and I found a lot of comfort in reading books that people wrote about their experiences and how they overcame them and um, so, yeah, I love essays. I love Helen Garner. She's one of my favourite authors. Um, so, yeah. Is, is there a sense that almost through the lives of others you're able to, 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 to continue to be the adventurer that you aspire to be as well? So not only having your own personal adventures like, like the trip to, to England, but actually being able to, to, to explore the world and travel to all sorts of places through the eyes and experiences of others? Maybe, but I think it's more just about I'm just fascinated about how we're sort of all on this earth, but we all live such incredibly unique lives with unique experiences, and the way we deal with those things is just unique to every person so i it's a bit more maybe it's like I just like to get a window into those kind of things, the choices that other people have made that I haven't made in my life or, um, you know, how, how other people have chosen or just have ended up living their life because I feel we have a limited time on this earth and then I'm just curious as to how people are spending their days and I think it all comes back to this thing of not wanting to be like 45 and thinking, oh, you know, have I done enough? Have I lived enough life, I guess, for me? Maybe it's a bit deep, but that's how it is for me. I think that's, that's okay. We can go deep. That's uh, it's always always a great privilege when we get to go deep with people here on this uh, on this uh, on this conversation. Um, but let's actually take you back to South Africa. So you, you finish your your uh, your time in uh, in uh, your your adventure over in England, and you head back. What uh, what course of study did you pick up? 
So I started off because I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do and I didn't have any specific drive or passion to do anything. So I started off doing a Bachelor of Commerce in Tourism because that's what my friend was studying. So I thought, all right, well, that sounds fine. And then eight months into that degree, I went home and said to my mom, like, this is not what I want to do with my life. This is not challenging. Um, and at the beginning of the year, we'd had sort of a mixed where people from different degrees were doing one of the introductory first year subjects. And one guy stood up and he said he was studying informatics. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I didn't know anything about it, just that it involved computers. And I'd watched that movie um, the net, I think it had Sandra Bullock in, and she just looked so cool, like coding and doing all this computer stuff. And I thought, oh, that seems like something good to study. So then I switched my degree and I did um, become informatics, which took me then a year extra because I hadn't done any of the first year subjects for that. But um, yeah, I studied that. And then in my fourth year, I tutored at the university. Um, I gave some programming classes and, yeah, and then that was it. That was what I studied. During your university years, were there any hobbies or extracurricular things, I don't know, like theatre or music or, or other things or, or athletics or something of that nature which you, uh, which, which you got yourself involved in? Not at university. And I really what I, what I really missed at university was at school – um, you know, I swam every day. I was part of the swimming team and I also was in all of the cultural things. So I did like debate and I did public speaking and I did um, all the plays, any and every sort of play or production or show I was really involved in. So yeah, at university, I don't know why I didn't make more of an effort to get involved. I was a day student, so I always felt a little bit more disconnected, I think, than I would have if I was in res. That's what we call it in South Africa when you sleep in. Um, but no, but I think in university was when I started going back to church again, actually, and I got involved more in church and with church stuff. Um, so... Well, yeah. let's let's talk about that. What was the the hook or the link that that brought you back to to, to connecting with church? Um, that is an excellent question. I'm not actually sure. So, my older brother, I think, had started going to church. So he worked at, at a restaurant as a waiter, and he met Rob my Emmy's dad, my former husband, at this restaurant. And then they started going to church. And then I would sort of just tag along. And then, um, yeah, I just got involved from there. I found it a different experience from the Methodist church. So it was, an, it was a non-denominational church. And I didn't find it sort of as dry and like, yeah, as as – the Methodist Church growing up. So um, I think that's how I got involved. Um, a lot of my university, some of my university friends were also going. So, and it was a whole new social group. You know, there were lots of people my age. Um, so, yeah, it was a good place to find my feet again and get involved again because there were so many of us. Um, and because it was near the university, it was specifically aimed, you know, it had that sort of in mind 
Um, so, yeah. Do you feel that your experience as a as a uh, as a child uh, going to Sunday school and finding that to be a fairly dry experience? Do you did that create maybe a sense of resistance to religion or resistance to church that now as a university student you you actually sort of had to overcome or was that such a distant memory that and you're just so in the community of people that you're in that actually that experience was almost out of sight out of mind yeah i think it was more like that i don't think i was ever resistant necessarily to church i never went through a phase where i was like oh this is rubbish and i'm i'm not interested it just it just sort of faded out of my life for a bit, I guess, and it just wasn't the focus when I was in high school. Um, I mean, I went to a couple of youth group sessions with my friend. She was in a huge church in Pretoria and her mom was really involved. So it's not that it was I was resistant. I just wasn't, I don't know, it just wasn't a feature in my life. So it was nice to get back into it and to be part of a community um, I think of other people my age and um, yeah and it, it was also I think it was also an age where I was sort of trying to sift through the doctrine and you know all the rules and what we'd been taught and what I actually believed inside of myself you know so it was the start of that journey I think for me. Can you can you identify a moment or maybe a time in your life when faith in Jesus became something that was real and alive for you? Um, I can't think of one specific, like, incident, but I do think in that church I sort of really saw, I saw that modelled, um, you know, and I'd always, like, I'd always believed I'd always believed. I'd never not believed that there was a God or not believed in Jesus. But I just think it was cemented for me when I when I started going to um, Elam. And I still had, had doubts. You know, I'd been praying and praying for many years for things that didn't sort of transpire. And I was still quite immature, I think, in my outlook of um, God and Jesus and Christianity in general. Um, but I don't think I don't think I ever really had a defining moment. For me, it was like I just always knew this was the real thing and this was the right thing. And going back to church just sort of, um, you know, added a few more layers onto that foundation. Megan, it's been an incredible joy to have this conversation with you. And uh, but uh, I think there's still an awful lot of your story yet to be told. So if it's all right, um, let's just draw this time to a close. But if it's okay, I'd, I'd love to have you come back and let's uh, let's pick up the story from here and continue just to learn more about the, the journey of life that you've been on. Thank you, Megan, sure. for for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who is tuned in to listen. This podcast is produced and presented by Stephen Field on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us cbc at canterburybaptist.org. If you're a member or regular attender of this church, how about you get in touch with Megan directly and thank her for her contribution today. The music is a song of the first step by Andrew Naylor from his album Two Stones. This album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist. Canterbury Baptist.